It is your classic metal show right here on the classicmetalshow.com. That's Metallica from the uh, Masterful Mystery Tour release. And that is the uh, Battery of James and Yoko. And uh, we got uh, we got a couple of the uh, members of Metallica with us here on the show. And Chris, why don't you uh, introduce our guests? Well, of course, of course, you recognize Jamie Lenfield. And um, you have Dr. Robert Stujillo. Joining us as well, so yeah. <laughs> so we got some Metallica folks joining us. Welcome, boys. Thanks. Yeah, we're covering the whole Midwest here tonight. You know, Ohio, Wisconsin, Minneapolis. You know, so we're <laughs> yeah. all over the board here tonight. So. Right. <laughs> nice. Well, guys, obviously, man. Um, after a ex- an extremely long time, we have new Metallica music. Um. Eight years in the making, we have the Devolver album. Um, why don't Why don't we start there, man? Talk Talk a little bit about this release and why the hell did it take so long? Well, I mean, things take a long time for a few different reasons. You know, I mean, everyone knows some of the the red tape and the hurdles that the band needs to go through, just as an entity. You know, but right. look at look, everyone has personal lives. You know, and we had a former bandmate that was going through some things family-wise or whatever, which needed some paying attention to. We also did some extensive touring yet uh, with the Abbey Lode record. And then we had some other family issues come up with another, with another band member, you know, and just, just folks just paying attention to their own, you know, a little bit. And then COVID hit a little, (laughs) you know, so a little multiple multiple choice you know what i mean i mean we've always had the material you guys know that it's just a matter of you know what's kind of uh what's able to be put out there on the docket and w- once things started clearing a little bit we had this material like all right we're, we're striking you know and that that's where we're at so sure is it is it the same level of difficulty now as it used to be to not necessarily to write the material, but to put it out there. Cause I remember when you guys first started and it was like such a hassle to get, you had to get things cleared. And then like Harrison's people didn't want to do stuff or the Beatles didn't want to release stuff to you. And Lars stepped in to help you at some point. I think I remember reading, like, it was like this hassle to do songs, you know, is it, is it less than less now because of the you know the the growth of the band and now people know what you do? I don't think it's less because the growth of the band and people know what we do. It's simply less on this record because there is no licensing to Sony ATV. We're not lifting anything that are Sony ATV products. You know, so we have our agreement with Creeping Death. And, and that's all cool. I mean, I just talked to Q Prime two days ago, you know, okay. and, and we're, we're cool. <laughs> we have our, our renewed agreement and everything's all good. You know what I mean? It's all fine. Um, you know, but, but, but the material on this record, you know, and Dr. Rob, he, he, I mean, he can attest to this, you know, it's Beatles sensibilities and styles and things like that, along with things from Metallica and Q Prime and that camp, along with our own camp. But we're not doing anything that is a direct copyright infringement on anything with Sony ATV. Right. And we were very careful about that. And that was definitely a goal of this record. I mean, the last people that people want to think, think that people want to do is to piss anyone else off 
because that just in, impedes everything that everyone else is doing. You know, that's we're, we're not into this for some sort of political coup or anything like that. <laughs> we're a rock band. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, so when we started doing this record, you know, there, there's plenty of original material here and ideas. And, I, and, and Dr. Rob can get into some more of that stuff with some of the things that he brought in to this record. Right, Rob? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it mainly is a lot of, you know, we can call it mostly original material, you know. Uh, I, I brought in an instrumental that I, I had, like, in my closet for, like, 20-some years that I kind of modified a bit. Okay. And it ended up being instrumental, and we had every guitar player plus Cliff McBurtney playing solos over the whole song. And because it just like the parts add up to like how many lead guitar players Metallica had in the band, including (laughs) Cliff. And uh, how many lead guitar players does it take to form a mashup band, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's like 11 guitar players. Uh, (laughs) uh, And and then there was a song that me and Gerg had from like 1986. And we like redid that one and put that on the record. You Which know, is all the days of the old school thrash stuff anyway, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, more in line with the Metallica stuff. And yeah. So, well, what yeah. I- well, when uh, Chris uh, told me we were going to have you guys uh, on the show this week, uh, I immediately went back thinking, man, we've had a long history with Metallica. I believe uh, Chris kind of discovered you guys uh, back in 2006, I think, 2007. Yep. And uh, you guys uh, actually drove to Cleveland to perform a classic metal show night out. I believe it was the first time that Chris and I actually uh, hosted a classic metal show night out uh, and did a live stream with you guys. And and you guys were oh, gracious cool. enough to make the trip all the way down there and perform for us. You yeah, know, it was super I, fun, man. And I think it was, I think it was a middle of the week gig too. I think it was like a Wednesday or something. Uh, I can't, I just still remember I still have my Cleveland Browns football jersey that I wore uh, when I rolled into town that day. I have my Eric Metcalf jersey. Nice. So. <laughs> Dude, what, what's crazy, the craziest part about that is that we did do a live broadcast back in whatever year that was, at 2008 or six, seven. Was, yeah. You know, and somehow we figured out a way to do a live broadcast long before it became as easy as this. Yeah, and we still have buddies that, you know, that that come to see us on that show. I mean, there's a there's a good friend of ours, uh, Eric Eagle, and you know, if he's out there and listening, it's like right on Eric, you know. But we've been friends with him since that day, you know, and his whole thing, keeping it ninety nine that he does on IG and everything. Yeah, he's, you know, so. he's, from, he's from the Detroit area, right? Yeah, but we met him in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Well, he came down for the show, and then he kind of became friends with us, and uh, you know. It's been a while since we heard from him, but I remember because he was a pretty nice guy hanging out and yep. been in contact with us over all the years. But uh, speaking of over all the years, uh, you know, from the first time that we became aware of you and all the subsequent, uh, you know, albums that you put out, 
uh, you guys kind of blew up there for a while and you guys were touring the world and doing all kinds of things. I mean, in, in all reality, not, not that you do the same thing, but in all reality, you became, uh, what uh, steel Panther is now, you know, today. <laughs> you know, because they're you know a, a kind of a tribute act, but they're original, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, um, you know, they're, they're not, what do you want to call They're, they're not like an original band. They're kind of a parody, which is kind of what you guys are in some regard, but yet uh, they have the popularity of a, of an original mainstream band. And, uh, when, when did you guys get off the road or stop touring or when did you, you know, when, when was the last time you guys performed like on a, on a tour per se, whether it was eight, 10, 12 gigs in a row? Uh, that would have been 20. When was that Oakley tour? Was it 2018 or 2019? It was one of those. It was 2018. We we did 50 dates. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we we basically did all of the U.S. except for, you know, parts of the deep south and and parts of New England. You know, all the continental U.S. Yeah. So we did 50 dates on that last tour. Okay. Cool, man. Well, dude, dude, with with YouTube especially, and I'm sure you're aware of this, the last, I would say, five years, there's been this huge influx of mashup bands, or not bands, but guys, really. It's just more, unlike what you guys do, where you actually pick up instruments and work out parts and turn into, turn out songs, these guys just kind of find beats that match and they mishmash it together and make mashups, but it's widely popular. You know, do you, when, when you see that, do you feel like it takes away from what you guys do because it is, it is just computer generated instead of, you know, getting in a room or getting together and kind of finding your way to, to mix and match, you know, Beatlesque stuff with Metallica-esque stuff? Uh, I mean, I know my answer. What's your answer, Rob? I'm going to say no. I think it really... You know, when people do the Iron Maiden Donna Summer mashup or something, you know, right. uh, I think it's, you know, it gets people's minds rolling about it. Like, hey, I mean, people, you, you got to have an imagination, right? And, you know, uh, I think it's great, you know, Slayer mixed with Elvis <laughs> you know, right. or something crazy like that. You know, I, I think it's awesome. I, I don't think it takes away from us at all. You know, yeah, I, think I don't. Helps. I don't think. I don't think so either. But I also think that no one else is doing this like how we're doing it. Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. So but we don't know that. We don't really know that for sure. You know, like there could be. There could be. There could be. But mm-hmm. you know, there could be, and and more power to them. You sure. know, because it's it's hard work to yeah. do this. Sure. And. I've I've always been curious as as time has gone on and, you know, no secret Metallica is putting out less and less music. And obviously the Beatles are not putting out music anymore. When did they stop performing? I know. Amazing, (laughs) right? But have you, have you ever thought about grabbing two other bands making who Terica or the Rolling Roses or something like that, you know, and trying something different? Nah, nah, buddy, a buddy of ours just wrote to me on Facebook last night. He's just like, man, It'd be awesome if you if you did something with uh who was it? Something and led someone in oh, Megadeth and Led Zeppelin. He was said, do something with that, you know. <laughs> He's like, I know you're busy. 
but you should do something with this, <laughs> you know. But it's like I've always said that. I mean, we never set out to find this band. The band found us. Right. This was never a goal when I was like a little kid that I'm going to form some Metallica Beatles mashup band. That was never like a thing. Right. <laughs> but it happened, <laughs> you know. Um like a lot of weird things happen, I guess, you know. Well, when I when we've had you on the show before, I know we've had the discussion as to, well, if you continue on for, you know, X amount of years or continue making mashup songs, uh, is there an infinite number of uh, songs that can be made? Or, or do you think there's an actual finite number? And it's just like, well, we've done them all. Hmm. You know, that could be the name. That could be so. the name of that. Could be the name of our last album, Neely. Just call it "Done Them All." Yeah, we've done them all. <laughs> That's a good all. idea. I'll give you. We'll give you credit for that, Neely. All so. right. Well, I, 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 should, I should get credit for something. Goddamn. Right. Totally. <laughs> I mean, as far as like amount of songs or whatever, um, I think that there is a limited amount of mashup that you can do just thinking about math because we don't use the same songs for continual mashups right you know so if you just did math then that answer is okay yeah it, it is finite then but if the the way that the devolver album is constructed and with us including more original material then maybe that answer isn't finite you know it, it kind of depends on what sort of song you're constructing i suppose are you constructing something that has some sort of beatlesque influence and a metallica influence or are you just using your own thing with the metallic influence you know the pot with the with with the uh, evolvement of the devolver album like that sort of idea of what is finite what is not finite is actually it's actually expanded into things aren't as finite what what'd yeah. you do over there rob did I you just kill a bug uh, yeah it was some, some kind of flying thing i just went flying. <laughs> got it got some it. Kind of flying like, thing like a goddamn cat <laughs> you know, sometimes I surprise myself. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe you were just like, after that last answer, you were just like, <laughs> slow <That's> stellar, <laughs> stellar answer. No, something caught my, something <laughs> caught my eye, and it was just like, nope, that can't go on camera. <laughs> so. So, so with that convoluted uh, answer there, James, does that mean this new album has original tunes on it now? Totally. That are not uh, Beatle slash Metallica mashup? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but this is also not the first time we've done that. Right. What people, what people may not realize is that when we put out the Winter Plunder Band EP, there are two original songs on that EP. One of them we have a video for. Okay. Holiday for holiday. That that we have a animated holiday video for that song. That's an original song. Okay. And then there's another original song on that album. So this is not dipping our toe into the water for the first time on this. Sure. You know, 
Um, so we're all for it. I mean, this is a band where all four of us songwrite. Sure. Not just not not just only in this band, but in other projects. So I mean, that part of that whole part is easy. And, and you know, people may have forgotten because on the last record, you did what all exclusively Beatles lyrics, right? On Abbey Load, Abbey Load was all Beatles lyrics over top of Metallica song styling. So people probably forgot that there was some original material, <laughs> you know, in there somewhere because because of that. No. The, well, I mean, and the, thus the reason for not directly lifting anything from the Beatles catalog on the Devolver album. We didn't want to just have Beatles lyrics on it. We want to use something more original and creative and parts that make Metallica what it is. You know, we don't want to be talking Beatles lyrics over whatever sort of musical passage. Right. Sure. Now, now, why is it that there are songs, specifically Here Comes the Sun or Something in the Air, that you can't put out? What is, what's the deal with, with those songs? Has to do with who owns a license, has to do with who owns an estate, a property. Okay. You know, um, it's like saying, okay, you live on a block and you have four neighbors. Well, you might be able to borrow... Neely's lawnmower because Neely's cool. But if I want to go and borrow Gerg Hamilton's lawnmower, there's no way he's going to let me borrow that fucking lawnmower. <laughs> he hates James Lenfield, <laughs> you know? So it's like, you can't just go take someone's property out of their yard. Sure. That's called stealing, <laughs> you know? So we're very aware of that. Sure. And we don't, and we, we don't intend to do it. We never have. I, I, I guess the question comes up though, why are certain songs is it because of the publishing of certain songs like you know yeah, who owns sun, it here comes a sun is a Beatles song it's not a it's not a george harrison song i mean right. i know i know harrison wrote it but it's a Beatles song and i would think that yeah. if the Beatles are sort of on board with other songs that you're doing that they wouldn't have a problem with that depends depends who owns depends who owns the license depends how the licensing is and who's the owner of that estate Right. Okay. That's the bottom line, you know. That makes sense. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Well, so. it seems like the majority of work when it comes to using the, uh, you know, the, obviously the Beatles catalog, because that's like one of the most uh, protected catalogs in music, uh, you know, overall. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, it's almost more work getting uh, permission than it is actually making the songs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, talk to Olio, our former label, about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Talk to Carl about that. <laughs> yep. So so with that, I, I'm just fascinated by the business side of this. Sorry if this is boring to everybody. Oh, yeah. I'm fascinated by this. So so in order to put out a record like the Devolver, the Devolver album or or Abbey Load or any of them, you know, uh, any of those these records, how long are they done? And and then sent off to whoever has to approve something. I mean, I have to imagine it's longer than the the normal ninety day turn that uh that most bands have. No. Yeah, I mean, Rob, when do we start working on some of the original stuff for Devolver, the original concepts? I mean, how long compared to before we started tracking? I mean, at least a year. Or uh, longer, right? At least a year. But I mean, the ideas 
came together pretty quickly, you know, as far as, you know, the, the original material that we're doing and, and the ideas for it. Um, and then tracking really only took like three to four weeks, really. Something like Maybe that. Maybe less. It, yeah. it was like two and a it half was, to it three was weeks. Way, yeah. It was way shorter for us to track than it was for us to um, compose a wish list, submit. Yeah. Okay. Wait and, for a response. And, like I only joined the band two years, two, a little over two years ago. And, uh, you know, I was learning material and then driving, you know, 400 miles down back to Milwaukee to play once in a while. And usually before gigs, we, we get one rehearsal in, or, you know, I took a, you know, an extended time for a couple of days before we, we, uh, you know, started recording, you know, cause I just pretty much rehearse everything at home. And if I have ideas, I record them on my own and I bring them, you know? And uh, so I, I think things came together pretty fluidly for this record as far as us melding stuff together. Sure. We're, for, and that our was, songs. Yeah. And that was after we got whatever sort of response, you know, from other parent companies and everything. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, because we there... still have. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you know, we still have to send demo tapes to whomever to get get it agreed upon demo tapes that's awesome <laughs> or what demos you know like some kind of demo awesome. like uh, hey we're gonna do we this. To do that next time is this, does this like is this gonna get us in trouble you know it basically that's what it is wow with this. So, which is which you know, again so, which is what we don't want <laughs> yeah we don't want it you know we just want to go out have a good time with people and you know and do what we love to do that's sure bottom line just we need to enjoy it we want to enjoy it with other people right you know? is it and, are, are, are there songs that get thrown out because even though they get approved like the the concept gets approved from the demo tapes you know um are there songs that that end up getting thrown out because you just don't like it or you're just not feeling it yeah yeah um I still have a stack of material like that. Um, and then I, you know, ironically enough, like, like my favorite Metallica song is Disposable Heroes. Okay. We don't have a Beatallica song that uses that song. My favorite Beatles track is In My Life. Now Metallica has done a version of the original song In My Life. Right. Um, but Beatallica has never used for any sort of influence in a Metallica song. That's just a coincidence, okay. you know. Um, but on the Devolver album, there are two songs that I think of specifically that I didn't think were going to make the record, but they did. Uh, now we recorded more than the nine tracks that are released on the Devolver album. We have other material that's ready to be released. Mm -hmm. So one of the tracks that I'm thinking of is a tune called uh, Play Me Overdrive Guitar. When that song was first getting worked on, 
I remember where I was. I'm sitting on the couch in front of the fireplace. I was like, it sounded sludgy. It wasn't moving. It wasn't doing anything for me. Right. And after working with it, with the other three guys in the band, it started taking on a new role, new life, different sort of tempo, different sort of feel and groove. If that would have been just in my head, probably wouldn't have made the record. Number nine is another one. Once Jimmy Olnick got behind the, you know, he, he you know, th that was going to be just an acoustic song. Okay. Acoustic song with strings. And he's like, he came to rehearsal one day and he's like, man, I got this idea. I'm listening to this sort of influence, taking it from this. What do you think about this? And that song went and took a whole different turn, you know, and it became what it is now. Sure. And it's, from what the early response is to the record, people really enjoy that song. It's something that we have never attempted before. You know, it's a way different song that's than what's in our catalog. And that's great. You know, so yeah, there there's material that might still be sitting at home. There's material that was gonna sit at home and kind of got saved, you know, just because of the all-encompassing writing that's going on in the band. And that is that's totally awesome, you know. So where where are you guys? Uh, well, let me let me back up here. Has the has the recording process changed from for you guys from the very beginning to where you are now? I, did you use a, a more professional setup early in the band, or did you do you use more of a like a studio now, or where, where do you record and do you use like outside producers, or do you do it all yourself, or how does that work for the band? Yeah, Rob. I mean, you know Jeff. You've you've been recording with you've known him since you were kids, you know. So what you can answer yeah. that one. Next one. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I I don't know that, uh, you know, like the the first three or four, you know, records. I don't. I'm not really sure. Maybe the lat like Abbey Road was done at Jeff's studio or Gerd. You know, our Partially. guitar player is. Well, yeah, so I don't really know. Um, but uh, Gerd owns a recording studio. And, you know, we rented it out from him. He gave us a rate, you know, and, you know, charged us. And it's it's a fair deal. But it's a, it's a real recording studio with, you know, with separate rooms for amps and vocals and everything. And all kinds of instruments. And, you know, it's a real recording studio and he's a real producer, you know. He did uh, he, a couple of Violent Femmes records and. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he was a, he was a sideman for Violent Femmes for a lot of years and toured all over the world with them. And, you know, he'd play like trumpet, guitar, bass, whatever they needed. He was there. And he was also Brian Ritchie's like bass roadie okay. at the same time uh but you know and he has all kinds of artists coming in like to to record at his studio it's a decent studio and uh yeah not too long ago in that uh, studio zach so. zach nielsen rick nielsen's son who plays drums for for cheap trick he did a project there right yeah at like right after we got done with ours and yeah 
So yeah, it's a real, it's a real recording studio. As far as like myself and I'm recording ideas, I just do, you know, like voice recorder on my phone uh, and stuff like that, <laughs> you know, and just, uh, uh, you know, play scratch tracks into the phone. Sure. Well, it must be nice to work with a real producer because we've had a fake producer here for years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's been, he's been doing sound and, and working shows and this is, this is his life. That's his, you know, that's his living is, is recording people. And, you know, what can I say? I mean, yeah, we're lucky. We took that, it to we're, be, lucky, uh, we're lucky to have him in the band, in the band. you know? Because we took it to be mixed over bonus. at um, over at uh, this guy. I mean, his his Metallica name is Flemball, um, and he he mixed the record. Yeah. Now he's also recorded the band in the past, um, so we took it to him because Gerg even said so himself. He's like, "Look, I'm I'm in the band and doing some tracking. The last thing I want to do is mix this thing. I'm too close to it. Yeah. You know. I think that Armored yeah. Saint." kind of works the same way like like joey vera is very mm. hands-on with their tracking right but um i mean and, and i love me some armor saint you know oh yeah and, but, but i mean those guys can be smart enough like look you can't you can't do everything <laughs> on your rack i mean it's like you you're not, you're not gonna write it record it mix it master it press it <laughs> you know <laughs> unless you're prince you know what i mean unless you're prince right. <laughs> you're not gonna you know or stevie wonder or someone like that you know you're not gonna do everything on your record you know? well well speaking uh speaking of making a living i know this isn't your full-time gig but has metallica been a profitable thing for you after all these years well i mean i have more experience in this than what rob does you know yeah. what i mean i've done this i've done this a lot longer than than rob so so for me, I mean, music is, yeah, that music is is profitable for me. But we're all in multiple projects, you know. I just don't do Vitalik. I do like four projects. Okay. You know, so if Vitalik isn't going on, I'm doing something else. Um, before I came here to join you guys, I was tracking with my Celtic rock band, you know. So th that's just how things go. Everyone's, you know, when, when Gerg isn't playing with Vitalica like right now he is in downtown Milwaukee at the Pfizer forum because he's the audio guy for the Bucks okay you know so everyone does stuff outside of Vitalica you know um for for us to only do Vitalica we would have to be touring more well, we know how that's been going for the last two years, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so, so we like having other things that we can do, <laughs> you know, do we want to get out there and tour with Vitalica? Sure. Yeah. That's the goal. That's the aim. Hopefully 2022 is a lot kinder to, to people than, than what 2021 and 2020 has been, you know? Yep. Amen. Well, how, how, you know, a little off the subject here, Chris and I were talking very early in the show. What's the uh, environment like in the Milwaukee area, you know, given the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse trial? Any, <laughs> uh, you know, any gunfire going on in your area or protests or 
causing the, the Vitalica camp to uh, hunker down? Not by me, but I'm about uh, maybe like 35 miles north of Kenosha. Okay. So not by me, um, but, you know, hopefully uh, that doesn't erupt in the city. You know, I'm, I'm closer to Milwaukee than I am to to Kenosha, you know, but, right. um, you know, and Dr. Rob, you're, you're up in, in the Twin Cities right now, you know. And yeah, I mean, you know, I'm outside of Minneapolis and when the whole George Floyd thing was happening, it was pretty intense. You know, mm. I have a lot of friends that, live very close to all those areas that burnt down and and participated in the protests you know and got hurt by the cops and you know it's it's exercising free speech and you know it was a very scary scene up here yeah yeah for sure man well, you yeah, should've, you should have gone uh, fishing up there at the lake, up there Moose Lake, with Jerry Lundegaard instead. <laughs> oh, up there in Moose Lake, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Do I sound like that? Like I was because I. How many drinks that. have you I had? Oh my god! Like oh you, oh you betcha. Oh you betcha. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, is there anything else about uh, the new release you want to tell us about or anything about Metallica or anything about your other projects you want to let the fans know about? Well, I mean, the best way to get uh, a hold of the record is you can get it on uh, Bandcamp. It's metallica.bandcamp.com. Real easy. And then we have uh, other swag and new merch that goes along with it. So that's all on that page. Um, Obviously, there's links on our site you know, Vitalica.org. We're on Facebook, we're on IG, we're on Twitter, all that stuff. It's pretty easy to, to find us, you know, and there's always going to be links on there, links to this video, links to this band camp, links to this. Um, we do have some gigs coming up in December. One is uh, Friday, December 10th in Chicago. It's in conjunction with a festival called uh, the Forever Deaf Festival. Uh, that's in Chicago. Uh, so we're we're uh, we're doing a gig at Livewire Lounge on Friday, December tenth. The Agermeister is on board for that, so that's cool. Uh, and then we're Saturday, December eleventh, at a theater up here in Wisconsin uh, called the Bend. It's in West Bend, uh, Wisconsin. So it's, it's it's just outside of Milwaukee. Uh, brand new theater, uh, brand new old theater. It, when the, I think it was from nineteen twenty nine. Uh, is when it was yeah. when it was first built, but that's an all ages gig too, you know. So that's always cool. Um, and then planning stuff for next year. I mean, we work with other agency groups here in the Midwest, and we're strategizing stuff for 2020. Like I said, you know, because hopefully the sun's going to rise, and and that's how yeah. that's going to go, you know. Um, so things are you know, things are being planned. <laughs> you know, as, as soon as uh, the world fully opens up and we're ready to do that, then that's great. Cool. All right. Well, uh, you know, I'm glad to see you guys are back after, you know, a, a while. It's been a while since we've had you here on the show. And, uh, you know, of course, the uh, door is always open. So if you ever want to come back and look at our ugly mugs again, you're you're <laughs> welcome to do so. Well, if we, next time we get to Ohio, we need to uh, yeah. we need to just hook that up. 
Absolutely. That's what I was thinking. You know? Yeah. We should actually play there and, you know, maybe do it live and we can go have hang it out with the air. Works for me. Awesome. Yeah. All right, yeah. guys. Well, uh, again, it's, uh, we appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes to talk to us and, uh, you know, keep us up to date with what's going on with Metallica. And, uh, we always uh, end the interview with uh, something from one of your catalog, out of your catalog here. So uh, maybe you might want to pick something from your uh, Sergeant Hatfield's Motor Breath Pub Band uh, release. Hmm. And the question is, what's all on that? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, I know what's on it. Um. Okay, how about I'll I'll get I'll Robert I'll, I'll I'll give you two songs to choose from and you can we can either do Cthulhu, that's off that record, or um, how about ju just for the hell of it, uh, Helvester of Skelter. Now we're talking. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> like that one. I All don't right. know why we're not doing that one. We gotta do that one. <laughs> I like okay, that. There one. You, okay, there you go. Then 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 that's that's a roll then. Helvester right of Skelter. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Again, appreciate taking the time and be safe and, uh, you know, go up there and uh, catch a big one for me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, we'll catch, so We'll catch a 30 point buck for you here over hunting season. How's that? <laughs> All right. Well, here it is. It's Metallica exclusively here on your classic metal show. Thanks for checking out this episode of the classic metal show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. Hand job! <laughs>